Good morning, world. Welcome to another episode of Zendependently Minded. If you are a new or returning listener, I truly hope you enjoy this episode. Before we get into the episode, here's a brief disclaimer. Enjoy. The views and opinions expressed by past, present, and future guests of Zendependently Minded have not been expressed by me, and they may not be shared by me. The views and opinions that I express on Zendependently Minded are, of course, satirical. Come on, guys. If this is a hard concept for you to grasp and you're listening to this episode and you're confused, stop, take a deep breath, and do this thought experiment. If you like what I said, maybe you can assume and you can tell yourself that it's my real opinion. If you don't like what I said, just convince yourself that this is satire, because this podcast is satire. And this is, of course, a character. Nobody would have these real opinions, would they? Anyway, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. You know, today marked a sad day in history, for me, at least. Uh, it marked a, a stark contrast between the United States and the world that I grew up with and the United States that, that, I, that I know and love and, and cry for today. <sighs> this is going to be a sad, this is going to be a tough story for me to get through. My 192-month-old brother came up to me today with tears in his eyes, and he, he asked, Why is the United States joining with the UK and bombing Yemen? And I sat there flabbergasted and, and speechless for about 10 minutes, and, uh, you know, he he just left and started watching TikTok and didn't even care to hear the answer, but it dawned on me that there's a new generation of people of of kids of of young young men, um, well I don't like to to give pronouns assign pronouns to my sixteen year old uh, sibling. I I apologize for calling him brother earlier. There's a a wave a new generation of Americans that are growing up not understanding why it is that we bomb all these countries in the Middle East, and it it broke my heart honestly. So I, I, I really had to think about it. And then I, I, I went up to him and I, and I told him, we're bombing Yemen because they hate us for our freedom. The same reason why we bomb all these countries in the Middle East. Uh, the same reason why we insisted on going into Iraq and staying there for so long. The same reason why we're still there in Iraq. Uh, why we have the largest U.S. embassy in the world in Baghdad. And why, you know, that's very indicative that, that we're never going to leave Iraq, truly. But... Yeah, I had to I had to tell it tell it like it is to my brother. They hate us for our freedom. So we have to go in, we have to bomb Yemen uh, as if we haven't been bombing them for the past uh, 6 to 8 years anyway. And yeah, it's it's a sad truth, but a lot of countries they hate us for our freedom. They hate us for our freedom and we have to show them, we have to give them a good taste, a good six entree meal of freedom by dropping bombs on them and obliterating families and obliterating civilians and schools and infrastructure. Anyway, you know, I had a lump in my throat starting this episode. It was something sad that I had to yeah, I had to get out. But uh let's get into the episode. First thing I wanted to talk about. Obviously, um you know, there's not a lot that I have to say about the stuff that's going on in Yemen. Uh the US and the UK uh decided that they were going to drop I want to say I read 60 or so different targets. So there are targeted areas. Obviously, they're not just 
carpet bombing the country of Yemen. Uh, at least I would hope not. But it's reported that they were attacking a bunch of sites that are believed they have intel on, um, saying that there are there's a lot of Houthi activity. These are Houthi sites. So uh, the Houthis are a group of rebels that overthrew the Yemeni government in 2014. Uh, and the overthrown Yemeni government called for a bunch of countries to help them fight back. And in doing so, the about half a million people have reportedly been killed in the war since then. Uh, so a lot of people, a lot of people are not happy about that, believing that, uh, of course, the United States is not here to help the Yemeni people. It's here for other, you know, has ulterior motives. So the Secretary of State and Joe Biden has said that these are unprecedented attacks, and if they happen again, we're going to get involved militarily uh, to to handle the Houthis. So it's a fun time, you know. Joe Biden is is uh, he's like I said, we can go back to to when Trump brokered peace in the Middle East, or the closest thing to peace in the Middle East, and Biden focused on transgender issues and Ukraine, rather than focusing on trying to get Saudi Arabia to sign the Abraham Accords, thus basically producing peace in the Middle East. Because when you have the two most powerful countries in the Middle East signing up basically a peace treaty with Israel, it guarantees that uh, the, the, the bullying or the the fighting or the war or whatever the, the retaliation whatever you call it whatever we, whatever weird stance that you you've whatever weird skin you've grown on the uh, the Middle East the conflict in the Middle East that you've grown in the past couple months because you just learned about uh, that there's a country where Jews live in the Middle East and you just learned what Gaza is and what Palestine is rather than focusing on these important issues uh, Biden has instead got us closer to war. Uh, again, once again, I think I think I read or I think I heard in a press conference that that it didn't come from Biden's mouth. It came from the the White House press secretary, but she said that the United States is hoping to hold and break the previous world record that they held in World War II. Uh, for they're not trying to fight World War Three on two fronts. No, two fronts is that's for World War Two. We fought we fought uh, in Europe and we fought in Asia. We want to fight the war on three different fronts. We want to fight it in Asia because we're going to get involved if and when China inv invades Taiwan. Uh, we want to get involved in the Middle East, uh, obviously in Yemen, in Israel. And we want to get involved, obviously, in Europe with Russia and Ukraine. So that all being said, you know, I said I wasn't going to talk about this that much because I, uh, like I said, I like to I like to let the smoke clear. I like to let the 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 voices of the of of the deceased, um, stop crying out. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, obviously it's been reported that there have been zero civilian casualties, uh, in this, in these, these 60 targeted bombings. I don't believe that. Uh, and I also don't believe that this has much to do with the attacks on the ships, um, and the, the U S personnel that were put in danger by the Houthi rebels. I believe this has mostly to do with Houthi and the Iran-backed Houthi activity against Israel, who obviously the United States has pretty much sworn allegiance to, like this is Game of Thrones or something, and it's like, oh, the North remembers. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, 
one thing I wanted to talk about, this is this was really the first point I wanted to talk about, because I, I didn't actually, I wasn't going to actually talk about that stuff at all, but I guess I did. I probably sound like an idiot. But first thing I wanted to talk about, so there are a bunch of farmer strikes around Europe. This is like the third, like really large wave of strikes, uh, farming, farming related strikes in Europe in the past like two years from what I remember. I remember... I remember the Netherlands, I remember Dutch farmers, French farmers, French farmers are up in arms right now, they're spraying fertilizer all over the politicians' houses, which is something I kind of wish they would do here, but I'm not sure if there would be that much activity. Well, I don't really understand how German politics works, I don't know how their government is formed, so I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, they wouldn't be doing that much stuff here in Stuttgart because it's not the capital of, but I mean, each individual state in Germany, they all kind of have their own laws, kind of. They're, uh, it's it's not, like, vastly different. It's like the United States. They have different states. They have different laws. They have different regulations on certain things. Like, during COVID, the state of Bavaria that has the, the, the city Munich in, that was a lot stricter with uh, COVID restrictions than the state that I'm in, which is called uh, Baden-Württemberg. But, uh, anyway... So farmers are striking right now and the media is portraying them and their reasoning for striking as, I mean, in, in a way that only the media would, would. So I, I believe this was a guardian term. The guardian said that the farmers are striking, um, because they are not happy with budgetary reform. So they make it sound like, oh, you know, the, the, the farmers, they're mad about money. That's all they care about is money. These dirty farmers. So Ignore them, watch out for them, lock your doors, these guys are dangerous. Uh, already already the, the, the Prime Minister of Germany, uh, Scholz, piece of garbage, somehow uh, he's trying his hardest to be worse than Merkel. He has not done so yet, but he's a piece of garbage. Uh, he's, he's pulled the, a, a page out of Trudeau's book by labeling the people that are striking these farmers, these people that... that make a living by providing food by keeping by keeping germany alive by giving them by providing them food he's called them ethno-nationalists he's called them uh yeah he's basically called them nazis without using that word because that's a dreaded word in germany so he pulled like i said he pulled a page out of trudeau's book he said that these are ethno-nationalists far-right extremists they're they're racist uh, there's probably been a, a Fed planted, you know, striker that's holding up a Nazi flag that doesn't even really speak German because he's probably from the UN. Because the UN ultimately and the EU is, they've been pushing, they've been moving this way towards lessening, lessening farmer production and output for the past five to ten years. So this move is actually. Germany decided that they're going to end the diesel tax break for farmers in Germany. And this has obviously infuriated a lot of people. This is going to affect a lot of people's farms. This is probably going to shut down. This this, this could be the catalyst for farms being shut down. It's that serious. I've, I've read interviews where there are a lot of farmers that are saying they're going to lose, you know, upwards of 10,000 plus euros because of this diesel tax break that's 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 being uh, rescinded and it's heartbreaking uh this was 
fertilizer was like was was the cause for a lot of strikes last year i know in in amsterdam i believe they clamped down on the amount of fertilizer that they were allowing farmers to use so you know this is another restrictive measure in attempts to slowly clamp down and shut down farms because they want us to eat bugs this is a cons- this is not a conspiracy anymore there's no other reason in the name of quote unquote climate change which like I've said before, the climate uh, has not stayed the same since humans have been around, and it hasn't stayed the same since before we were around. You know, the Earth was covered in ice before. Antarctica used to be a rainforest. But in the name of climate change, they're going to, rather than restrict the amount of times that Taylor Swift can fly in her private jet to go see her, her fake boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, uh, rather than restricting the amount of times that these politicians can fly to their G4 summits and talk about CO2 output, rather than than coming up with renewable, cleaner energy sources like, I don't know, nuclear, rather than, rather than closing down coal plants, Germany is going to open up and start burning coal and closing down nuclear power plants, rather than taking these long-term actually proven effective methods they've decided they're going to punish farmers they're going to tell them you cannot use fertilizer because we want to feed you this garbage that's going to lower it's going to lower your sperm count it's going to make you fatter it's going to make you have more diseases it's going to make you have uh more reasons to be reliant upon the government to pay for your insulin to pay for your pills for your weird heart diseases that you have that almost didn't exist 50 years ago that's where we're headed. Germany, I wouldn't be surprised if Germany started to legalize a lot of the things that a lot of preservatives and a lot of chemicals that Americans and, uh, you know, like Australians and, and people in New Zealand are allowed to, to put, companies are allowed to put in their food that just poisons people. It's one of the reasons why I, I appreciate living in Europe because the food is pure. <laughs> the food has little to no preservatives, <clears throat> depending on what country you're in. Germany's one of the best, one of the, you know, one of the first times that I ever like regularly saw brown eggs with orange yolks was here in Germany. That's what that's the way that eggs are supposed to look. Chicken that aren't genetically modified poop out brown eggs with orange yolks. And going to farmers markets is one of the the simple joys in life, supporting local businesses by buying their stuff, their their by going to their little uh their little vendor setup in the grocery stores. It's one of the it's one of the the simpler joys in life. It's a luxury, but it's something that that people need. To, it, it's not a luxury. It's something that people. It's a part of the economy. It's a part of the community to support small businesses. And Germany has decided away with that. You're going to eat the bugs. Bill Gates is buying up our farmland, um, and you're going to eat whatever ant patties that he puts out. Whatever whatever lab grown garbage that uh, we've probably been stocking the grocery stores with. Uh, yeah. The United States isn't going to be the only one eating that. It's going to be Germany and the Netherlands and France pretty soon. The only country right now in the EU that I could see that's actually fighting against this is uh, Italy. Georgia Maloney, the prime minister in Italy, has passed a lot of laws that's that's that have banned factory factory produced food, uh, it's banning lab-grown meat in, in attempts to preserve Italian culture is what they've said. 
how long she'll be able to fight off the EU. Uh, that's to be seen, to be determined. She She's whisked, kind of uh, flirted with the idea of leaving the EU. Who knows where she's at on that? This was, this was a development from like about a year ago. But, you know, this is sad. They want us to eat the bugs, and they only want us to consume modified factory garbage. And the Prime Minister of Germany is a scumbag. Media outlets like Reuters are just repeating. They're just, they've just become echo chambers for these politicians, claiming that they're coup fantasies and they're ethnic nationalists and ethnic nationalist symbols are being displayed at these strikes. It's like the Fed plant that, that, that put up the Nazi flag, you know, during the, the freedom, in the freedom convoy in Canada, allowing Justin Trudeau to call everybody Nazis. And at the same time, speaking of Canada, speaking of Trudeau, so the Toronto police are giving coffee to pro-Palestine protesters that are blocking public highways in Canada. So the same police that assaulted, the same police that on top of a horse trampled elderly women that are supporting the Freedom Convoy, supporting these truck drivers that are doing the god-awful, committing the horrible sin of choosing not to get an experimental quote-unquote vaccine for something that uh, kills less people than the common cold and the flu. If you look at the real numbers uh, and you don't look at the, the fake numbers, the, the pumped-up, misleading garbage numbers. So the same police that assaulted these truckers, these protesters, the same police, the same law enforcement that investigated people who tweeted, made Facebook posts, made Instagram posts, sent money, sent Bitcoin, tried to give food or coffee to the Freedom Convoy. These same police are allowing pro-Palestine protesters to block public highways. You know why? You know why that is? I think it's because governments around the world are afraid of being seen as Islamophobic. Most governments. Uh, uh, the Polish government's not. They, they probably will be soon, but the Polish government up until recently has uh, decided, you know, we don't give a shit. We don't care about people calling us Islamophobic. We're not taking refugees from these countries. We're not taking refugees from that country. Blah, blah, blah. If they're at war, we're not taking them. Too dangerous. We have problems to focus on at home, and we're going to we're going to uh, take care of those first. It's absolutely insane that bank accounts were frozen and people were arrested for not just participating in the Freedom Convoy, but just for having the audacity to publicly claim that they support them. Or not even publicly, just show up you know, on a Saturday and give them hot cocoa, give them coffee, give them some money. They were arrested and they're locked away for... Who knows how long it's, it's disgusting. And I, I don't know how long Canada is going to be willing to put up with Trudeau because a lot of people are, are upset. A lot of people in Canada are upset and I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people attempt to emigrate from Canada and I would not be surprised if, you know, Trudeau gets, gets voted out of office soon. I don't, I don't know how term limits work in Canada. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know how often they have elections, but Trudeau's got to go. That that guy is no good. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is just a brief brief thoughts on this uh, clown show, two person debate between the second and third place Republican primary candidates Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. It's you know 
I didn't even bother watching the debate. I watched, uh, I watched some highlights. I watched like four or five videos on the highlights of this. You know, it's clear that these guys are pulling their punches. It's clear that the Republican establishment is going to do everything in their power to prevent Donald Trump from being the candidate, even though he got how many 70, what did he get? 65, 70, 70 to 80 million votes in 2020. And that's not even counting the, the ballots that were harvested and tossed in rivers and burned and placed into storage units. It's clear that the Republican Party, the establishment Republicans, I'm sure that people like Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, uh, what's his name, the guy who tossed out the, the speaker, uh, Matt Gates. I'm sure these people don't want Nikki Haley in, but it's clear that the establishment wants Nikki Haley in as president, It's uh, at least as the Republican primary candidate. Um, but Nikki Clinton, she's... Uh, She's everything that I said she was from the beginning. She sucks. Uh, Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy was correct when he called her Dick Cheney. What did he say? Dick Cheney in three-inch heels. And it's it's uh, it's pathetic to see how quickly the veil was lifted on Ron DeSantis. Uh, Ron DeSantis was, he, he was uh, installed to be a quote-unquote like brave or, or, you know, heroic or patriotic governor of Florida. And it's sad. It's sad to see because when you when you listen to him in interviews, he's uh, he seems conflicted because he gives a lot of milk toast, garbage. Oh, there's a cue card behind the camera answers, but he genuinely seems like someone who, in the beginning of his career at least, um, could have been a good force for change. He did a good job in Florida, but that's because the establishment allowed him to. Do you think the Republican Party had nothing to do with with his success? in pushing back against uh, the liberals. You know, it was like a team, it's like a team thing. It's like red versus blue. The reds are going to fight against the blues during COVID and I'm going to pretend like I'm doing it all on my own accord. Uh, it's it's crazy to see how quickly the veil has been lifted on Ron DeSantis, but like Vivek Ramaswamy predicted, I completely agree and I totally can see it happen. Uh, the establishment is going to do everything in their power to make Nikki Haley the candidate, and they're going to force Ron DeSantis into being her vice president. Because, of course, we got to have a woman president. We got to have a woman president, and let's have the let's have this uh, this man be the vice president because stunning and brave. You know, Republicans they care about identity politics too. Don't don't be fooled. The next thing I wanted to talk about. This is the last thing I wanted to talk about. So right now, Fauci is being grilled by Congress. I don't know if this is going to be a it's going to happen. It's going to take place over a few days. But you got to hand it to Rand Paul. Rand Paul. Oh, shout out to Rand Paul. Rand, Rand Paul um, said, you know, there are a few things that I like about uh, Ron DeSantis' platform, Donald Trump's platform, Vivek Ramaswamy's platform. But I want to come out and I want to basically do like a, a reverse endorsement of Nikki Haley. And he, he launched uh, his campaign, launched a website called Never Nikki. And it's great. You guys should check it out. You can sign up and you can kind of pledge your support for free. I've already done so. Uh, you just have to leave your your name, your name, uh, your email address, and uh, I think I believe a phone number is optional. I can't remember. But shout out to Rand Paul. Rand Paul said once Fauci stepped down from his role, uh, in um, that he's going to prosecute Fauci. He's going to bring Fauci in front of Congress and he's going to grill him. And that's what they've been doing so far. And one of the biggest revelations that have come out recently, something that, you know, the average person probably knows this already, uh, or, you know, 
if you really sat, because a lot of people, you know, didn't have time to think about this stuff. You have a job, you have a life, you have kids to raise. You're not sitting here thinking about, oh, is this actually effective? But I'm sure a lot of people thought about that, but they're like, you know, I, I, I can't focus on this right now. I have other things to worry about. One of the measures that I that I'm talking about right now is the uh, social distancing rule. So the social distancing rule, uh, Fauci straight up admitted that the rule was BS. Uh, is not predicated in any science, and he even said, "Oh, this this kind of just came out of it just kind of came out of nowhere, and we just kind of ran with it, just like when Fauci in the beginning said that masks would not work. Uh, it was said that he his 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 many defenses." His many explanations for this uh, range from, um, you know, we didn't think that they would be necessary in the beginning, or we were actually, we wanted to save, we knew that there would be a shortage of masks for healthcare workers, so we lied and said that masks are not effective. And then all of a sudden we flipped and said, you have to wear a mask. And even better, some some people were saying you should wear two masks. 99% uh, of people in the United States were not even wearing medical grade masks. They weren't wearing those paper masks that are effective for a short time. They're effective in, I don't know, they're probably, I mean, they, they're effective in keeping your nasty breath from breathing on people, I guess. But people were not even wearing those, which regardless, uh, COVID, COVID particles can fit through those masks. Uh, if you can smell something through a mask, you can clearly catch COVID because COVID particles are smaller than the particles of things that you're smelling. And, uh, Anyway, the social distancing, it was BS, obviously. Who would have thought that the virus wouldn't stop after six feet? I, this whole time, I thought COVID was afraid of traveling farther than six feet. I thought it had a, you know, I thought it was, it had a fear of heights. I thought it had a fear of distance. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was like a scared kid who's afraid to, to leave its host mother and travel more than six feet. Uh, I'm sure that more stuff is going to come out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how, how, well, Fauci is going to be able to twist and lie about a lot of these things, especially in relation to gain-of-function research and vaccines. It's going to be interesting to see if the establishment is able to protect him in any way, or if they're just going to use him as... I mean, he's the guy's, the guy's old. He's going to die in like the next five to ten years, most likely, uh, unless he's like sent to Epstein's old island and fed adrenochrome from kids and lives for another 30 years. But... I'm sure the establishment, I'm sure Pfizer have paid him enough. They've, they've, they've opened enough trusts in his name to, to justify to him to be the, uh, the scapegoat for all this. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. That's going to do it for this episode. I know there were only a couple things that I talked about, including the, uh, the, 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 the conflict in the Middle East, the, the, the growing second conflict in the Middle East that, that people are probably tired of hearing about, which is kind of funny to think about. It's like, there are people that are getting displaced and, you know, century, even millennia old, you know, significant cultural monuments and buildings and streets and cities are being toppled. People are getting killed. They're watching their children their, their brothers, their sisters, their mothers, fathers, grandparents, grandkids being killed. And Americans are like, I'm tired of hearing about it. <laughs> it's, it's, it just goes to show, uh, you know, how grateful you should be to be an American or, or at least 
be born in a country that's not an enemy of America, or maybe wasn't an enemy of America and is now an ally. I don't know. Um, there's a lot to be grateful for these days, and there's a lot to to pray for and uh, meditate on and, and think about and send good vibes towards, I guess. But I hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and uh, I hope you enjoyed the last episode. I look Looking back, I'm like, well, that was a long episode. It was almost, I think it was nearly double, if not a little more, the length of this episode. But that was the first episode I'd done since October. So I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you are still thinking about getting some merch. I know it's after the holidays and everybody's probably, you know, recovering. Recovering from vacations and from presents and, and uh, hosting a lot of parties and all that stuff. But if you guys can support the show... As always, as like I said, um, 100% of the proceeds are being donated to the Child Mind Institute, which is a group that you should look into. Focuses on helping families that have children with that suffer from mental illness. Because many of them go undiagnosed until they're in their 20s. By then, it's the damage is done, and it's permanent, and it's most likely irreversible. So look into the merch, look into the Child Mind Institute, and uh, check out any older episodes if, if you like what you hear. And you can't wait till next Sunday. Uh, go ahead and check out some old episodes because there's some good stuff there. And uh, stay tuned because the Pluralist Podium is going to be, you know, it's going to be produced and it's going to be uploaded soon. I'm contemplating whether or not it's going to be on this independently minded page. If it's going to be a different podcast, uh, if I'm going to just put stuff on YouTube, if I'm going to put it on Rumble, it all depends. It all depends. I'm going to, you know, weigh the options and, uh, I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about the future. Anyways, I'll catch you guys on the next episode. As always, stay safe. Stay away from those crazies out there. Thank you.